Established that I wasn't very good when I worked for ASIO. I wasn't very good oh, yeah. at my job until oh, yeah. the very end. I thought I was very good at my job, working essentially as the morale officer and social conscience of the organisation. Oh, and you did the the flyer, the newsletter, the, the newsletter, the flyer, yeah, the pamphlet. <laughs> now here's the thing: I made enemies. Oh, what? Doing that pamphlet. Right. <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous, but I did make a few enemies, including, well, probably the most senior intelligence officer in the country, because I kept saying things that he didn't like, particularly when I insulted the Collingwood Football Club. Now, I felt pretty badass. I felt badass. That sounds so sad. Oh, my God. Did you wear a leather jacket? No. <laughs> <laughs> but what happened was I thought I was pretty hardcore, but uh, there is one guy right now who is, in my view, the most hardcore badass to ever take on an intelligence service and a government. Who? Navalny. Oh Alexei Navalny. I mean, you're, I think you're right. Yes, Putin's prize pisser offer. You're listening to I Spy, the Novichok in the underpants of Australian security. I'm getting a rash here. I don't want to look. Hello and welcome to I Spied. My name is Michelle Stevenson. I'm a journalist. I'm here with David Callan, former ASIO. Yeah, truly. Our government hired me to look after the country. I, I don't know if you looked after the country. I was the world's worst babysitter. I think you probably got coffees. Yeah, I did coffees. Yeah. Um, but mainly I sort of just hung around making sure everyone was having a good time. I was like the host, the raconteur of the organisation, you might say. You were probably the mascot. Yeah, actually, whenever they played a game, I was the right guy running along <laughs> cheering. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Today, we're talking about Navalny. Yes, Alexei Navalny. Who, so interesting. Now, most people sort of think, oh, who is this guy? He's new on the scene. Mm. He's not new. No. He's actually very, very, very – he's quite old when you think about it. He started in his sort of early 30s. He was just a normal guy, yep. you know, doing his thing, and then he – kind of got into politics yep. in a way that was really quite interesting. He decided he was going to start a grassroots organisation called DA, which is yes in Russian. <laughs> right. DA still exists. It's his grassroots mm. youth movement. Now, the interesting thing about Navalny, and this is what I find fascinating about it, is everyone's going, it's just one guy. No. Right. This is not just one guy anymore. And this is the interesting thing. Over the 20 years that Putin has been in play, Navalny's been hanging around the scene. Now, there have been others working in the opposition mm. against Putin. Gary Kasparov, the chess master, was one of them. But Gary Kasparov was one man, an exceptionally intelligent one, but he's one man, and that doesn't help you. Navalny, on the other hand, has over the years slowly and surely built up this following. Yeah, and a lot of it has to do with YouTube. His videos have had mm. knocked up billions yeah. of now, views. Yes. Now, the thing about that is he's a journalist by trade. Yeah. Right, so he's very good at manipulating the media landscape, which is something that Putin manipulates by simply buying it. Yeah. Where Navalny uses it. And the other thing is Putin's able to manipulate the landscape by owning it and therefore in Russia, if you can't get on TV – Pretty much you're out of the game. But Navalny doesn't do it that way. Navalny goes online. So he's actually using the more modern media, our social media yep. sites. He's got a Twitter right. following, amazing, Huge a massive Twitter one. following. Yep. And this is what really terrifies Vladimir Putin. 
Now, Vladimir Putin's a very hard guy to terrify, let's mm. be honest, because he's got a really unique way of dealing with any problems. It's called Novichok, right? Yeah, and we saw, we saw that kind of play out. Yes, now that's played out. But now, the interesting thing about Putin is if you go back through his history, his political career, mm. there's a lot of bodies. There are oh, yeah. a lot of bodies. A now, lot of bodies. And now, not only are they being poisoned, they're also being thrown out of buildings. Yeah. A lot of people, uh, there's one guy. There's a, a lot of suicides. Yeah, a Ukrainian guy <laughs> who fell out his window. I just did air quotes. Yeah, no, one can, no see, one can see that. Air quotes. Fell out of his window while installing a hot tub. I mean, it is possible. Yeah, it is. But it's highly unlikely when 11 other guys in that month fell out of windows and died. <laughs> now, this was around about the time Trump took power. Now, make of this what you will. What happened was suddenly about... 11 or 12 political rivals and possible intelligence sources for the West suddenly just died within a month. And they all died under very, very spurious circumstances. Mm. So falling out of windows, suddenly dying of poison, this sort of stuff. And now, and it all traces back, despite the fact that he's using cat's paws and cutout men, mm. it all traces back to Putin. Now, if Putin was to die, if all of a sudden stepped down, yep. would this kind of behaviour stop? I feel like this is the last of this kind of era oh, of, know, of like kind of spy escapades. I'd like, really like to think so, but I'm yeah. going to throw a big no at that. Right. I think it would continue because I think the void would just be filled with one of his henchmen. Is it just ingrained in, in Russian? It is very Russian. Yeah. It is very Eastern European. It's very Eastern bloc. And like... Poisoning, oh my God, the Borgias were doing it back in Italy, back in the Renaissance. But poisoning is a technique that a, a, an intelligence service can use because it's easily deniable. Yeah, and they're saying like the Novichok, as in the same poison used in the Salisbury, yeah. they're saying it's like a business card for murder. You know if it's being used yeah. that it's Russian. Well, the other thing was the two guys that did the Salisbury assassination attempt, mm. and that was against a journalist, a, yeah. a hostile journalist, and his daughter, they traced it back by... Literally following these two guys, following their trail back and going, hang on, we're actually finding remnants of this nerve toxin all over the place. Yeah. So it's like not only was it is it a really messy way of killing someone, it's also being handled by inept operatives. Now, here's the thing that people don't know about Alexei Navalny, and it's a really important thing you've got to remember. He's not actually that different to Putin. His politics are no, very similar. I know. And a lot of people have kind of like put him on this kind of pedestal. Yeah. But he's got blood on his hands Ooh, as well. Oh, yeah. He's got a bit of blood on his hands. But the thing that's really interesting about him is politically, he's not that different to Putin. He just doesn't like the corruption. Yeah. He's really, he's very anti-corruption, where Putin is really... Very pro yeah. corruption, you'd say. And Navalny sa says this in, and we'll get into kind of his speech with the with the recent trial. Yes, but he said in that, and he made a very valid point. He's afraid. He said that Putin's afraid, and he doesn't like to oppose me. He doesn't like to use his words. He just likes to get rid of me. Well, that was the interesting thing. Somebody, a point that an intelligence officer made was essentially Navalny is Trump's Voldemort. Yep. Voldemort. He won't use his name because it, to use his name immediately legitimises him. Yeah, right. Now, at the moment, it's getting harder and harder for him not to use the name because, okay, just to go through the history of Navalny, Navalny was, has constantly been under arrest on mm. and off yep. until finally he was convicted of embezzling a political party, which basically turned around and said, 
we actually didn't have any money to be embezzled anyway, and it never happened, doesn't matter. He was done for that, and his brother was done for mail fraud and embezzling the mail service, despite the fact that the mail service turned around and went, it never happened. Yeah, and his brother spent three and a half years in jail. Yeah, so both of these guys have been arrested and served time till the European court turned around and went, this is a trumped-up charge, and yeah. it doesn't. It, it, you have to overthrow this charge, to which Russia went, yeah, good, fine, no. We're going to hold the charge. <laughs> We're going to hold. We we understand what you're saying. Yep. We get that it was a fake thing that we just made up, but we're going to keep it. Exactly. <laughs> now, Navalny's had a lot of horrible things happen to him. There was one incident where he was at a protest. He was holding a protest in Moscow and he was attacked by somebody who threw green paint all over him. And he wound up being bright green. Yes. Including getting a severe burn to his eye where he almost lost his eye. And there's a beautiful photo where you just look going, that is the weirdest makeup until you realise that his eye is the same colour as his skin. It's really, really unattractive. There's been a lot of those sort of things. There's been multiple arrests. There's been multiple trials. And there was an attempt while he was in prison on his life. Yep. But let's jump to the latest one where he was poisoned with Novichok on a flight in Russia. Now, the big thing is... In his underpants, no doubt. In his undies. (laughs) I mean... Come on. (laughs) You know... Brush it on my skin or do what those two girls did to Kim Jong-un's brother in oh, Malaysia yeah. and spray me but for, or wipe it on my face. But my undies, that's, man, that would suck. I know. So his undies have been toxified and he collapses on the plane and what, is the, what do they do? They fly him to Germany. There's a great quote. There's actually, it's a story from Belling, Belling the Cat, which mm. is a, an open source Website. They actually say they have the recording of this where Navalny actually called the one of the FSB officers involved in his poisoning, mm. pretending to be the guy's supervisor, yeah. and got the guy to say, you know what, if it wasn't for the medical staff, we'd have got the job done. Yeah. Right. So they flew him to Germany. Germany saved his life. Now, he flew back to Russia. Everyone's probably sitting here going, why? He knows they want to kill him. And, why would you go back? And I should also say the doctor who helped him through that. Has yep. also been arrested. She's been arrested. That beautiful video of yep. her playing, playing Beethoven yep. while these guys are tearing her home apart. Yeah. Now the thing is, Navalny has said, "I don't want to leave Russia. I don't want to live in exile. I love Russia. Yeah. That's why I'm here." He had a choice not to go back. Yeah. I mean, essentially, he knew as soon as he got off that plane, he was going to get arrested. That's right. And that takes some kind of balls. Yeah. Right. Really. Now the great thing is, and it comes back to that speech, and as he said, Putin's afraid of me. Right. Yeah. Now, if he's in prison, guys, it's not Long Bay. It's not Silver Water detention. We're talking about a gulag. He'll be in Siberia by now. Yeah. And that is not a pleasant way to live. That's actually, you know, that can mess you up seriously. That's a hard time. Yeah, we had examples of – we had – Testimony, when I was working for Asia, you'd, you'd read testimony of guys that had been in gulags and it is a horror story. It really is terrible. So what what kind of what would their day-to-day be like? Very primitive living conditions, yeah. um, not great food. Siberia is incredibly cold in winter and incredibly hot in summer. There's mm. a lot of mosquitoes. You know, malaria is a real risk. There is a wonderful story about how if you tried to escape a gulag, you'd always go in threes and one of you would be what they called the sandwich because you would die on the way. And that's what the other two would eat. Right. Oh, that's, my God. Yeah, yeah, that's how horrible it oh is. Yeah, we're getting back to Russian dentistry <laughs> here. It really oh. is. It, it's tiger country. It's, yeah. it's, it's the Wild West. Now, the thing is, Russia or Moscow, you know, beautiful urban and wonderful mm. Moscow, which we see all the time on footage, and it's this very, very cosmopolitan, very wealthy city. You go 100 kilometres in any direction out of the centre 
of Moscow. I mean, once you get to the outskirts of Moscow, it's pretty gritty. Yeah. But you just have to go 100 kilometers and you are back to like serious poverty. Yeah, and that's kind of the point that Navalny raised as well in his speech was the absolute poverty. And he kind of, I think the tipping point for Vladimir Putin was when Navalny kind of had this footage of Vladimir's billion dollar mansion. Oh, the one with the the pole dancing disco uh, in the basement. And put it online. And I think that started to get people thinking, well, you know, we're Mm. we're earning, I think essentially they're earning $200 a month, $235 a month. And, you know, you've got your leaders. The poverty and the the disparity the displacement the of inequality and the, the wealth inequality, inequality yeah is just incredible you've got billionaires who are making money off people who have nothing i mean and this is the thing about navalny he's really smart the way he does this yes, so very he smart. Re- he reveals the the billion dollar mansion yep. outside sochi on the the caspian sea which of course is quite funny because sochi had olympics I wonder where Vladimir yeah. stayed while the Olympics were on. And I wonder where everybody went to get their pole dancing fix. Yeah. Of course, Putin denied it outright. Oh, it's not mine. It's, you know, I'm just a poor civil servant. Uh, most people would say that if you really knew his wealth, he's probably the richest man on the planet. Oh, 100%. Right. Uh, I mean, the classic was there's a great photo of him wearing a pair of sunglasses and they're like a five or $6,000 pair of persoles. Right? Oh, my God. So, you know, the guy's got bucks to burn literally now the thing is of course he's got a he wants to be a man of the people and hey you know 75 percent or 80 percent of the country voted for him i always find it interesting when you get these guys that win elections by 30 or 40 percent that's always very dodge yeah i mean he but he's running unopposed he's basically yeah you know i mean there was one journalist who was critical of his administration and he was found dead outside the kremlin having been beaten to death like literally outside the Kremlin. This is possibly the most secure place in yeah. Russia and he's dead outside it. This is where where journalists are really yeah. – they, they would find it tough. It's, mm. not, it's not like, you know, the democratic countries where we can just say whatever we want. Yeah. There's a real threat. Now, the great thing about Navalny is it's going back to that journalist pedigree mm. that he has. The great thing was at one point he really wanted to reveal what was going on in the big conglomerates that are owned by the oligarchs over there. And one of the biggest ones is Gazprom. Now, Gazprom supplies gas to Europe. Yep. And also Gazprom is literally the goad that Putin uses to get what he wants out of Europe and the Eastern Bloc countries like the Ukraine because he can just go He'll in the middle of winter, gas. switch off the gas. And he has done that. Yes, he's done it to the yep. Ukraine and he always does it at the height of winter. Yep. Now, the interesting thing was Navalny wanted to know what was going on in Gazprom, so he bought shares. I know. Which is just genius. Because it's insane. As soon as you're a shareholder, you have a right to look at the books. And he did. And it was absolutely corrupt. Yes. Uh, now, most, most of the shareholders wouldn't care less because they're there to make money. They're mm-hmm. not there to worry about how the money is made. They're there to make money. And it is a given that it's going to be a corrupt system. It's Russia. And that, and that was kind of uh, how Navalny got into all of this to begin with. He started just buying shares in all these companies yeah. to find out what exactly was going on. Yeah. Now, here's the next big step that we had. And as we said before, he's got a grassroots campaign. Yep. No one else has done this now. And it came out, I think it was something he said in his speech, is he, they can't arrest us all. 
No, he did say that. He said if you take to the streets, they can't arrest you all. Well, you know what? I reckon Putin's going, yeah, hold my beer. (laughs) I'm going to give this a big shot. I'm going to have a red-hot go and see just how many of you I can put in prison. Because you know what? If if he arrests them, they're just going to go into labour camps. And suddenly you're going to get a lot of timber coming out of Siberia and a lot of, like, salt and a lot yeah. of coal <laughs> and a lot of stuff that really should stay in the ground or stay growing in the ground. But no, 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 he's going to send you off to do it. Can he? Probably not. But can he make it that bad for people? Yes, he can. That's the real razor's edge that Navalny's walking on, is if it happens that he turns around to these guys and says, forget it, guys, we've got to overthrow it. That you could be looking at a civil war. Could, and in Russia, that's ugly. Yeah, I was going to say, could you actually overthrow overthrow Putin? It'd be pretty tough. It'd be really hard because he probably literally owns the army. Like everyone yeah. in command in the army would be very much on the books. I think the really interesting thing, though, is there are a lot of weapons lying around in Russia. Mm. I mean, uh, there's a, a video, my sons used to watch it, and it was this guy who, who just got, I've got an A12 automatic shotgun. Let's see what it does to this box of cans and would just <laughs> shoot this machine gun, yeah. like a shotgun, automatic shotgun, and you'd think, where did he get that? And then you realise, oh, he's in Russia. Yeah. Right. So there is no control over this stuff. These things sort of, it's, they're not as bad as America, but oh boy, God, they're close. But at what point do people go, hang on, my life is really shit? And this guy is speaking some sense. And what if we just all overthrew the government? Yeah. Now, that's a really interesting point because, particularly when you consider what happened January 6th in Mm. America, where that happened and then, wow. Congress swung into view. I mean, yep. We've got a, an impeachment hearing going on. All that sort of stuff's going on in Russia. I mean, again, everyone's you know, people are marching in the streets in America. Everyone's going, that's not right. But people are marching in the streets of Russia, and everyone's going, yeah, that's the way. This is the thing. Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? I know, and but it's like sometimes it's better the devil you know. Yeah, right. Now the thing is, is Navalny going to change Russia that much? I mean, it's a, it's a valid question. Yeah. I would imagine he, he would have to. I mean, he kind of seems like the good guy in this in this scenario, but I, I don't know if that's just wishful thinking. Exactly. It's wishful. We are looking at what we want. Now, I think another thing we've got to take into consideration at the moment is the fact that Trump is gone. Because Trump was, as the Russian intelligence services coined the phrase, he was a useful idiot. Yeah. Whether he was part of the plan or he was basically Putin went, oh, my God. God, this idiot's in. This is great because literally all Putin wanted to do to get Trump into power, what well, well was to was supporting Trump was to just basically make everyone question the democratic process in the US. Yeah, which he did. Which not only did he do it, he absolutely flipped it right by putting Trump in power, and then Trump was absolutely useless. I mean, the latest stuff coming out of the White House from Biden is. There was no plan for the COVID pandemic. No, there was no. There was plan. nothing. There was like, no plan for anything. There was no plan for anything. Right. <laughs> so, you know, for Putin, that's great. America, I don't have to do anything now. America is broken. Well, and and also at this point, all eyes were on America. Yeah. For like the last four years, no one. I mean, we knew that there was some Russian interference. We know what Russia likes to do on Facebook, but the big questions and the whole world was looking at Trump. Yes. For the first time, no one was saying, ah, oh, but Putin. Yes. They're just saying Trump. Which meant there was a lot of stuff going on in these despotic regimes. I mean, Kim Jong-un, because, you know, Trump's letter of, I wrote him, he wrote me a letter mm-hmm. and it was beautiful. I like and we fell in love. I like when you called him Rocket Man. Rocket, Rocket Man. <laughs> he started, but that was the thing, he started being very antagonistic. Yeah. And as soon as Kim Jong-un went, 
what? Would you like to build a hotel on my beach? He's the greatest guy on the earth. Oh, 100%. Right. And that gave him leeway to do what he wanted. The great thing was Kim Jong-un was his uncle basically ran the regime for him until the uncle turned around and said, I don't think you should do that. Uh, Kim Jong-un got rid of him by setting dogs on him. I know, which is, right. I mean, it's is a horrific way to die. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty bad. <laughs> um, hasn't happened to me yet, but you know what? I'm sure there's someone out there going, I'd love to set a dog on you, Carol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, here's the thing with Putin. He's pretty much had a free hand. As much as Angela Merkel and Europe has screamed blue murder, he's moved, he's got troops sitting in East Ukraine. Yeah. And despite the fact that none of them are in uniform, there is nothing anyone can do about it. Well, that's going to change now because, like, the first thing Biden said when Navalny was arrested was, no, don't do that. Now, Trump yeah. wouldn't have given a toss. No. But now Biden's in power. We've got, well, I mean, I hate using this phrase, but it does really feel like there's a grown-up back in the White House. We've got someone who's actually considering the global situation more than his own bank account. Well, yeah, I mean, he he stood in and has something to say about Myanmar, like yep. all of all of this. And speaking of leaders with blood on their hands, Aung San Suu Kyi. Oh, yeah. I mean, she won the Nobel Peace Prize, but still you look at kind of uh, what she did to, was it the Rohingyas? Yeah, it was the Rohingyas. Yeah. In northern, I think it's northern Myanmar. Yes. Burma, for those who don't so, know where Myanmar is. Yeah, so it's, it's one of those things that sometimes... And they're not all not all leaders in these countries are clean. No. Well, let's be honest. Are any leaders clean? <laughs> I is don't know. There... I feel like Biden's kind of like the, the good boy. Yeah, well, apart from getting a, a little bit handsy with some women, but like, you know. Yeah, the hair smelling's the hair a little smelling bit of a worry. But you know what? That that's a, a great thing where the camera angle can tell a story. You know, a yeah. photograph can yeah. tell a story more than like being in the situation, he might have just leaned, like leant forward and went, "Oh, what's going on there?" Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, you look at the when they do the camera angles on beaches and saying, "Like, you know, too many people are here and there's COVID," and it's like five people are actually there. <laughs> yeah, and the camera's in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've got Navalny. He's just faced court. He's now been sentenced he's, to he's three sentenced, and a half years, yeah. and he's going off to a camp. And he's given this impassioned speech, which I've got to say, the speech was oh. pretty. Fucking brilliant! Oh yeah, it was on point. It was on say. point, and the best part when he's like talking about how Putin will go down in history as nothing but a poisoner. Yeah, and he goes, Alexander the Liberator. We remember. Then there's Yaroslav the Wise, and now we have Vladimir the Underpants Poisoner. Now that has got to piss him off. <laughs> it does, and this is the thing. It's he's poking the bear. Not only is he poking the bear, he's literally scraping the fur off the bear at the same time. Oh, yeah. Right. This is the thing that's really important about what Navalny's doing and really clever is instead of going, he's a bad man and we've got to stop him, it's like he's going, he's a buffoon. Yeah. Look yeah. at him. The only he's way hiding. He, the only way he could get to me was by getting somebody else to poison my yeah. underpants. He won't stand and confront me. He won't debate with me. No. Because he knows he's going to lose. Now Putin's attitude can be Bleh. Whatever, you're now in a prison camp and you're not going to come <laughs> But out. you know that there's going to be an ego and that that ego is being tested and that Vladimir is getting quite pissed off. Yeah. Now, it comes down to Douglas Adams who wrote Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He had Love a, that movie. 
But Movie, book, all of it. Yeah. My favourite quote from that is anyone with an ego enough to put themselves in a position of power should never be trusted with it. Right. Right. And that's why, I mean, that's why Seyfried Briebelbrox was the president of the galaxy because he had no power. He was an idiot. Right. right. He was an idiot, <laughs> uh, but he had a massive ego. So let's give him that job. And we, while he's doing that job, we'll do something else over here. Which was essentially Trump, right? Which is, yeah. Yeah. Right. We've got an idiot in power. So Mitch McConnell was able to get his tax laws through, yeah. get his judges through, all that sort of stuff, right? He was being, he was the useful idiot. Yeah. The thing we've got with Putin is, He's not the idiot. No. So he's actually, the problem is by putting himself forward as the titular head, as the great leader, but also being the power, he's got that big problem of when somebody truly wants to confront him, they goad him. They don't have to literally go, you know, we've we got to burn down no. the Kremlin. We'll just humiliate you. Yeah. We'll ridicule you until you come out. So then question, will there be another attempt on his life? Or, or, or can Putin not do that because everyone sees it for what it is? I think Putin wouldn't care at this point. Right. I honestly think that really, um, let's be honest. Because let, let, let's be honest, if he's in jail, it, it'd be easy for it. Yeah, shank it. Yeah. Somebody gets a, you know, gets a toothbrush, sharpens it up on the yeah. concrete wall and the shanking begins. Or, or basically just gets handed a knife. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. Or, you know, oh, boy, you didn't make it in from the blizzard, cutting yeah. down trees. You know, there's that sort of thing. But ultimately... What has Putin done every time he's been accused of any of this sort of skullduggery? Not me. My, my hands are But calm. I will say the problem with Navalny now is if he was to kill him, he becomes a martyr. Yeah. And then that becomes a bigger problem. Well, it becomes a problem in, yeah, it can be a problem only if somebody can step into that void and fill it. If there is someone smart enough to take his place and brave enough to take his mm. place. That's the real it's key so here. It's so freaking brave. Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. It's unbelievable. I, it's he, he is literally, he, he is that little mouse on that poster, you know, giving the finger to the eagle as the talons are extended and ready to rip him apart. You know, the last great act of defiance. That's what Navalny's doing because he really cares about his country. Again, we go back to the, the base principle. What people don't understand about Navalny is his idea of his country is very right wing, mm. very insular, mm. right? Screw Europe. Yep. Russia is an empire that deserves to be an empire. The difference between him and Putin is Putin wants all the trappings of empire, where Navalny just wants to be the leader of an empire. He doesn't yep. need the trappings. He just wants his country to have an ascendance. So it's going to be interesting to watch this all unfold. Oh, man, this is to me, this is the big soap opera of oh, 2021. This is it. Right, you know, um, Trump and impeachment. Oh, who cares? Right. The great thing about that is America is stabilizing now. It's slowly going to get. And everyone says, "Oh, you know, if they impeach Trump, there's going to be a revolution." If they're they don't, gonna, impeach, they're Trump, gonna impeach Trump. No, 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 no. They're not going to impeach Trump. No. Trump's going to basically, you know, what they're going to do the same thing to Trump as they did to Al Capone and get him on tax. Right? Yeah, one hundred percent. It's going to be so mundane and so boring that yeah. everyone's already yawning about it. And no one cares, and no one's going to listen to him anyway. As everyone says, you know, he is his great legacy is the party. Oh, they're going to drop him in five minutes. I seriously believe that Trump is dead politically. Yeah, I think I would call it a James Bond-esque style of story unfolding in Yeah, Russia. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the weird thing is it's like James Bond is a journalist who has absolutely no skill with a gun and the big bad villain is the leader of the country, right? And I think the thing that's going to happen in the next sort of year, two years, decade is – there is a, a lot of right-wing populism, but I think we're beginning to see that this populism – and look, as much as people go, oh, you know, Russia's communist, it's not. It's right-wing. It's a very right-wing populist government in mm. Putin. There is a lot of corruption in governments 
everywhere. There's a yep. lot of corruption in Australia, right? We our corruption index has gone no. through the roof. Truly. <laughs> truly. I swear I've seen money in paper bags being handed around. You know? I bet you have. <laughs> right. The whole thing is it's where we want to take ourselves. Yeah. It's, and that's the big thing with Russia is and Navalny. Navalny is actually not going, I want to change this. He's turning around to Russia and going, we need to change this. We, not I, we. Yes. And that is going to be his real strength. And I would imagine too most of the Russians would actually, they signed up for communism and that's not really what they're getting. There is no equality oh, in wealth. No, absolutely not. That's, it's it's no, nowhere near So communist. I wouldn't even call it a communist country. No, well, it has been communist for a while. I mean, the communist no. party is now one of the oppositions. Yeah, well, as opposition as you can get. Yeah, which is basically they do whatever Putin tells them to. Correct. So next week, you've you've got something you want to talk about. Mordecai Vanunu. A what? Mordecai Vanunu. A what? Mordecai Vanunu. Oh, you're going to love this story. I don't even know what you're saying. Exactly. You don't even know. This is one of the greatest whistleblowing stories ever. It makes WikiLeaks look kind of... Uh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Mordecai Vanunu. Done. 